Welcome to Collars Curls on the Sofa podcast. Hello there. Thank you for joining us for this podcast on business risk assessments, BRAs. My name is Quentin Bragg, and I'm a senior associate in the Coles Krills Dispute Resolution Department. And I'm joined by Neil Black, who is a compliance consultant in the firm's Coles Krill Compliance Business. Hello, Quentin. Hello, everyone. The reason why we're talking about BRAs today is that in December of 2022, the Guernsey Financial Services Commission, the GFC, published their new thematic review on BRAs. Whilst the results of the GFSC's thematic were generally positive, there are some important takeaways for industry. The purpose of this podcast is to highlight some of the areas where the GFSC has said there's room for improvement, whilst having Neil provide some insight and guidance into those from an industry perspective. So turning to the findings, firstly, terrorist financing risk understanding. I think the main point which I took from the thematic was that firms could benefit from additional research in using the National Risk Assessment, the NRA, to help them improve upon identifying the terrorist financing risks which are relevant to their businesses. In doing so, the GFSC has encouraged businesses to revisit where their terrorist financing vulnerabilities exist across their customers, jurisdictions, products, services, transactions, and delivery channels. Neil, in your experience when handling client BRAs, are you finding deficiencies in their tariff financing considerations? Um, I think overall, um, we find business risk assessments at differing stages of their maturity. At times, some of these BRAs, and depending on their maturity, can, do, um, can highlight the need for enhancement. And I think um, specifically one of those being the tariff financing considerations. Mm-hmm. I think overall, uh, as highlighted in thematic, um, some firms produce overly generic assessments, and this would certainly apply to the terrorist financing considerations. As highlighted, I think firms need to consider their business risk assessment as tailored to their, their business, and specifically their business risks, both from an ML and TF perspective, those being money laundering and terrorist financing. I think specifically firms really obviously should, in light of the issue of this thematic, consider the NRA to assist in identifying their terrorist financing risks and those that are pertinent to them. It's important that they evidence this consideration through their risk review process. As with any other risk, terrorist financing risk should be treated like all those uh, that the firm uh, approaches, such as money laundering or cybersecurity. And obviously they should run through the firm's risk assessment and review framework. This would involve obviously looking at what it is that they're wishing to undertake, how they intend to undertake it, how they intend to monitor it, and what the outcomes they're expecting from it and if there's any gap analysis that they need to address. Um, to be specific, I think in, in respect of the terrorist financing risk, areas of risk which may exist from customers, products, services, transactions, delivery channels, and jurisdictions need to be considered. When firms consider these specific risks, they should be able to align the risks identified with their risk appetite statement and identify areas which may need further consideration, where perhaps their risk appetite uh, statement doesn't quite correlate to their TF risks, they should identify those and obviously then update their appetite statement and also the business risk assessment. I think it's really important to understand that the business risk assessment document is a living document and the risks assessed may change from time to time. And it's therefore uh, prudent to ensure the risk appetite statement is reviewed when there are changes to the business risk assessment. Yeah, the GFC did find that terrorist financing risk understanding was much less developed in the BRAs that were submitted to them mm-hmm. uh, and their assessments of uh, risks of uh, money laundering. 
Turning now to the other finding is tailoring to specific risks. This finding by the GFSC was that the BRA should include more specific risks to the business. For example, the use of more management information in the BRA specifically and referring to client risk, jurisdiction, products and transactions. I completely agree, um, Quentin. As I say, um, I think really um, when it comes down to it, the use of management information is a very useful tool and can assist firms in identifying and assessing their ML and TF risks. I think this thematic specifically highlights that firms have a considerable amount of this data available to them. And in fact, they're actually reporting it to the Commission uh, through their financial crime risk returns. However, the thematic has highlighted that it's not necessarily being utilized to its full potential when assessing their money laundering and terrorist financing risks. Firms may wish to obviously consider how best they can utilize their management information within their risk review framework and where necessary, including this as part of their risk assessments. Um, the thematic provides useful examples um, of good practice where management information is used in risk assessment frameworks and firms may wish to consider how they identify their key risk considerations relating to customers, products, services, transactions, and obviously delivery channels and jurisdictions not only to analyze this information but also to monitor it going forward i think uh, the thematic as a whole actually um, identifies useful practice practices uh, in respect of this whereby firms that were highlighted as engaging in good practice were using management information to address or identify trends in risk um, specifically on their money laundering side and the terrorist financing side um, so using data such as what sars have been reported um, customer-based jurisdictions, PEP exposure, and so on. So identifying those risks from a starting point, how that has changed over a period of time, and whether then that actually uh, their business risk assessment is suitable um, to those changes in those risks going forward. I think it may be helpful to, to look at an example. One would be, for example, fund services. For example, I think BRA and the business needs to be asking, if the assets are not in Guernsey, what does the firm need to do to address that particular risk? Or with jurisdiction and the flow of funds, how does money from a high-risk jurisdiction flow into the fund? And how is that managed? And for example, the risks mitigated. Absolutely. And I think I think this is pertinent to, uh, to all firms, um, uh, as well as the, the fund services that you talk about. I think when it comes down to mitigating risks with regards to flow of, um, uh, of monies and also where assets are held, it's all about the identification process first, understanding where those risks are, um, are higher, and then implementing the, um, the relevant uh, mitigation measures. Um, so it's with regards to the, uh, the usual process of identifying, assessing, mitigating, and monitoring going forward, and how to build that out into firms' frameworks. Related to tailoring to specific risks, the GFSC also found that the BRA should also focus on the transactions. It should consider the flow of funds and what direction the money is coming and going to. And it should also consider what the money laundering and terrorist financing implications of these particular jurisdictions are and whether these have been documented within the BRA. Yeah, and again, a very, very pertinent point. I think, um, as I touched on um, previously, is that um, really firms should specifically consider whether they are appropriately considering payment patterns. And this is highlighted in, uh, in the thematic. Um, those payment patterns evolving around the rationale of the payment, the frequency of the payment, the volume and the value of the payment. And again, 
this comes from the initial stage of identifying or when you're onboarding a customer, um, understanding what it is that their business entails, understanding what those patterns or expected um, transactions are to undertake and how those have changed or whether there's any outliers that would bring uh, attention to those. Next up, Neil, is uh, delivery channels. The GFEC found that BRAs should be highlighting more about what firms are doing when considering the money laundering and terrorist financing risks with their delivery channels. For example, with respect to introducers, non-face-to-face customers, outsourcing relationships, reliance on financial advisors. Essentially, how does your firm get comfortable with the money laundering and terrorist financing risk in relation to those? Yes, yeah, um, and just sort of highlighting um, that really the thematic found that generally firms are, are, are good at identifying risk posed with non-face-to-face customers. However, additional enhancements may be needed with regards to other delivery channels, such as the introducer or intermediary arrangements that may be in place. I think it's important to note that the handbook, the GFC handbook on money laundering and terrorist financing actually provides requirements and guidance uh, on the risks posed in respect of these. And I think firms would be well advised to ensure that BRA suitably considers and documents these, as well as what mitigating measures are in place. As I say, there are requirements with regards to the intermediate and introducer um, arrangements, um, which firms are obliged to undertake going forward. Next up is the requirement to have effective annual reviews of the BRAs. Um, The GFC has mandated that these should be done annually to ensure proper updates and reviewing any emerging risks from new products, clients and investors. Yes, yeah, as I I may have uh, touched on previously, um, BRAs should certainly be treated as live documents and should be continuously assessed uh, and updated to reflect changes in the risk posed to the firm. The thematic interestingly highlighted that BRAs sometimes contained out-of-date legal and regulatory references, which brings into question whether policies, procedures, controls are suitably updated and addressing the risks relevant and posed to the firm. Firms should obviously revisit uh, the BRA review process to ensure that key areas, such as legal and regulatory references, the management information that we touched on before, and the data sets, et cetera, are being continuously monitored and updated within the BRA. It may be a case whereby they have a division that is responsible for that and that those then key areas are reported to the board, either at their quarterly board meetings or whenever they have their fixed board meetings, and that the board appropriately are able to identify any key areas of change and that the appropriate documentation, including the BRA, has been updated. The GFC also uh, found that there needs to have an assessment or, an, I guess, a statement to the overall risk with respect to le- the level of money laundering and terrorist financing with a concise summary that identifies that, which includes a rationale for that particular conclusion. Indeed, yes. Yeah, I think this is a uh, timely reminder for firms to uh, review their risk appetite, uh, appetite statement and make sure that it's relevant to their business i.e. being specific. It should detail explanation as to what type of risk it is willing or not willing to accept. And it's extremely important actually that firms distinguish the different types of risk, those being money laundering and terrorist financing risk, and what it is willing to accept or not accept with regards to both, not just all as one. Where it does so, it should include suitable and appropriate reference to the national risk assessment, where the firm has considered it in uh, assisting with its risk appetite. Um, Furthermore, where appropriate firms should provide greater detail on their risk appetite, 
with specific reference to relevant risk factors, i.e. customer profiles, geographic exposure, etc. So if we look at it as a build out from identifying your money laundering risks, identifying your business, uh, sorry, your terrorist financing risks, what are the underlying risks uh, that are related to those, identifying what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. Whilst the firm's risk appetite statement is unique, it obviously should clearly uh, define the objective, which is being to assist the business in applying a consistent approach to risk, as well as detail the separate areas of risk and the thresholds for either accepting the risk or not. For example, firms may wish to consider whether they're basing their risk appetite uh, on um, thresholds with regards to customer jurisdiction or PEP appetite, and if there are limits to those risk factors. You may be applying a percentage threshold for a certain number of PEPs based across your business. But also what is important is that firms are able to deal with scenarios whereby those thresholds are exceeded. I have they documented that they are allowed to exceed those thresholds and on what basis they are allowed to. I think that brings us to our last point. Um, and I wanted to touch on the accessibility of BRAs. I think it's important to note that the GFSC found that BRAs should not be full of jargon and that they should be as simple as possible. So that even, for example, a trainee could pick up the BRA and understand it. The BRA needs to be effective and should not be a massive document. Neil, this is obviously easily stated in practice. Um, I imagine that it will be quite diff difficult in, in a lot of circumstances, given the complexity of certain structures and transactions. What have you found? I think this is actually a very, very good question, Quentin. I think um, it's different across uh, different firms. Um, I think probably one to note is that it's a complex matter. Um, firms are faced with the requirement to review their BRA uh, and enhance it, essentially, with regards to its um, terrorist financing exposure and risks that have been identified. On the other hand, they're also then being advised that they need to make their BRA as digestible and easily uh, understood for all staff to uh, to understand. How they go about this is entirely up to the firm in question, um, but they may wish to consider what is the core data that relates to their BRA and also what is the background data. I think assessing this and determining what is the core elements of their business risk assessment, what is the key data that is required to be held within that, and perhaps then identifying the background data that may be included in that business risk assessment and whether that can be separated out, albeit feeding into their business risk assessment, can be done. On that basis, they'll end up with a sanitized BRA, but consistent with all of the background data that it's undertaken behind it. Great. Thanks, Neil. Thank you. Well, that concludes our discussion on the GFSC's recent thematic on BRAs in Guernsey. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And as ever, if you have any questions and or regulatory compliance concerns, please do not hesitate to contact us.